Oscar Poker. I'm on the phone from uh, from uh, from Manila, Philippines, in a in a phone booth. <laughs> yeah. You just gotten off of your motorcycle in the rain. Your <laughs> yeah. girl's waiting for you, holding a bag of Thai food or whatever. <laughs> no, just kidding. All right. Uh, all right. So I should say right now that within the hour, they're expecting the audience award to come in from Toronto <clears throat> Film Festival. So just be aware that that's happening right now. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Okay, that's uh-huh. good. What do you think is going to happen? If any, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be either... Um, uh, uh, I don't know, because I wasn't there, but I'm guessing yeah. it's going to be The Descendants or The Artist or something Canadian. Yeah, okay. What do you think? <clears throat> I am just trying to use my usual divining rod in order to what what was really exceptional, what really stood out. And uh, there were a few standouts, but I um, I agree that it would be that people would probably respond emotionally to the to the to, to the artists of the descendants. But I would I would put Moneyball ahead ahead of both of them. That's just me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I don't think that's going to win. Oh, so, Sasha is uh, is uh, is uh, readers should uh, I mean listeners should understand that Sasha has dug her heels into uh, <laughs> the ground with a shovel to make. No, I'm, I'm here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing you and Scott Feinberg, and that's it. I don't hear anybody else raving about it. So that puts up my red flags. But I'm waiting to see the movie. I'm going to be open minded for sure. I but was, I was listening to you know the uh, the show that Charles Crawl has called CBS morning news or is it cbs this morning you know the sunday morning thing that he does you don't mm-hmm. read the, I, don't, I don't watch cbs oh yeah yeah before. right and david edelstein of new york magazine mm-hmm. was on doing his weekly review and he right. did it at moneyball and he went into this whole thing about brad pitt's career starting way back where he was like the um the the mini me Redford back in the days of uh, a river runs through it, mm-hmm. and that um, you know you kind of waited for him to. And he said, he talked about how his big you know muscular buff out when he did Troy when he was almost forty years old, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and the, when he went kind of a little crazy with the Terry Gilliam thing, and he tried this, tried that. He said he's never ever been in such a zen perfect place as he has achieved. With uh, Moneyball's performance, that's great. That's wonderful. So he's probably looking at an Oscar nomination. It would. I would be flabbergasted if it didn't happen. I'm not saying he's going to win or anything. No. I, well, that's what Scott win. Feinberg is saying that he's going to win. I agree that yeah. he's nominated. I mean, when you first told me, I thought, yeah, it's going to be great because it's going to be the sexiest man alive competing for Best Actor. Yeah. 
George it's going to be the most intense race that possibly ever. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're looking at Clooney versus Pitt versus, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? That's insane. And then I maybe mean, add in Michael Fassbender, and you've got like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very cool thing. It really is. That's uh, a very hot uh, uh, quartet right there. Yeah. So. No. So I'm not I'm not doubting that at all about um, Pitt, but I, I just Scott Feinberg's he's going to win thing is to me premature. Um, mm. Doesn't mm-hmm. match the the rest of the buzz that I've been hearing about it. But I, I'm really excited to see him. I think he's a great actor. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what happened with the box office uh, and um, and our and poor drive? I don't say I don't mean to say poor drive. I feel that uh, drive is probably destined to do um, you know like maybe twenty million altogether. But you tell me, uh, 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 Phil. I just don't you know. I have an idea. You're gonna you're saying it was gonna do twelve. What what actually did happen? Uh, it opened to eleven. Um, you know, so oh, not it, it fell short. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I was, and, you know, Jeff, we exchanged emails. I was kind of thinking that our, our prediction might have been a little bit high. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. on, on Friday, I was kind of second-guessing it, and, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it came in a little bit lower than expected. But mm-hmm. um, it's an interesting opening. It's The buzz is kind of really hard to gauge for this one. Um, the best thing I can say is that it's polarizing. This is a very, very it's very much a, a love it and you're, you're over the moon for it kind of movie, or you despise it. Um, and... I think, well, I mean, I saw it with an actual audience um, yesterday afternoon, just to yeah. kind of, you know, gauge it and, and everything like that. Um, you know, well, I guess, yeah, spoiler warning here. Um, yeah. They, that movie loses the audience the second Ryan Gosling um, slaps Christina Hendricks. It, wow, it was really? Like the, the air went out of it. I mean, at least, at least for my crowd, because up until that point, he's entirely sympathetic and cool and everything like that. And even if you see why he's doing that and he's nervous and he's, he needs information and he needs it to happen, um, that's kind of the big, be- I think that was the beginning of the, the end for a lot of viewers and they mm. started to check out. And then it just gets, you know, progressively more violent as you go from there, um, you know, obviously. But to me, that, that changes him from completely sympathetic to, okay, he has a little bit more of a, a badass edge than, than I'd like to see from a, a typical hero. To me, you know, it it just makes it, it's a more interesting movie because of how violent he is in it. Um, But it's, it's turning people off because the cinema score ratings a C minus and that's, that's not good at all. That means plenty of people are walking out and saying F, you know, too violent, disgusting, you know, get me away from this. Well, people Um, love Christina Hendricks also. And, you know, she gets, I don't want to spoil it, but something bad happens to her, let's just say. And um, that probably turns people off too, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, how graphic it is, absolutely. You know, I mean, because uh, you have a movie that I think did appeal, did skew older, and, um, you know, you're talking like the 35-plus crowd, and, you know, their, their expectations were probably not that it was... I mean, it, it just goes off the deep end. I mean, even, you know, I don't know how spoiler, you know, when he you know, stomps the guy's head in. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, it's, it's pretty graphic. Um, so, yeah, some people are just flat out turned yeah. off by well, it. Well, <clears throat> can I just say what I love about the movie? One of the many things is that it's a movie, it's like the artist, it's a movie about movies. And um, one of the things that's funny about slapping in the face is that I just watched The Verdict the other day and um, he, Paul Newman punches Charlotte Rampling in the face when he finds <laughs> out. And, you that know, was unusual. You, you see these in movies a lot, especially film noir, a man hitting a woman. And it's just so funny how different the times are we live in now because it just doesn't happen in movies ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of yeah. it is the Oprah effect on our culture. You know, no abuse, no 
pedophilia, nothing. No dating teenage girls, no looking at teenage girls, you know. Yeah. It's just so much has changed, and so I wonder if that's part of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think people like to go to the movies and see characters that exist in kind of a gray area anymore. You know, they wanted Ryan Gosling to be the, you know, hunky hero that comes in and saves the day of this, you know, woman and her child. Mm. And, you know, yeah, he does that to an extent, but he's also got this really, really, you know, dark side to him. And, and people don't like to, you know, grapple with that or... or you know, yeah, all he said to Christina Hendricks, he was trying to get her attention because she was concealing uh, crucial information in that motel room. And he was obviously, what's going on here? You got to, you know, you're telling, you're not telling me everything. And he, he doesn't, uh, you know, deck her or do something horrible. He just, you know, it's like a slap to the face that says, you better tell me exactly what's going on. Like Jack Nicholson slapping Faye Dunaway saying, I want the truth. You know, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know, you see it in movies a lot, older movies, you know, pre-Oprah movies, you know, of, like, men get so mad they punch a woman in the face. I mean, I'm not saying I approve, I'm just saying that it's... And in, in Drive, it was sort of, to me, like, building up his character of ultimate savior. Yeah. He would do anything to save this woman. Anything. So, I mean, when I hear C-, minus, a film is finished, if that's what it's gotten. Yeah. No, but see, I don't want to rush that, because, you know, I put a lot of stock in, you know, and I have discuss it before on the, the podcast, Flickster, um, which, you know, has this huge base of users that, that rate movies. And on there, it has an 81% approval rating out of 100, which is, you know, very good. Different and kind of from, crowd, right? Yeah, and it's from more than, um, let me see the number, it's more than 18,000 people went on there, and the average is 81%. So do I put more stock in CinemaScore or 18,000 people? I, you know, I go with the 18,000. So I think there's enough people out there that are that are really passionate about it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the fanboy crowd, the cinema junkies, the the, the enthusiasts who are mm-hmm. gonna love this movie and and recommend it very passionately to their friends, and and it'll it'll hang on because of it. I mean, people, yeah, you know, there's gonna be people that are turned off and they're gonna go to the water cooler tomorrow and and mm-hmm. tell their you know friends not to see it, but. There's going to be enough for it to hang on, I think. Well, um, I, I look at the. I always like to look at Yahoo users for some reason because they're so like it's it's you know you can get a huge sampling there. I mean, you got to figure it's a person that goes and sees a movie, sits down and puts their review in in a website. You know, I mean, what kind of person does that, and where do they go to do it? You know, like what's the most broad sampling you can get? Um, I don't know, but but right now um, Drive has a B minus on there with 340 ratings, and as conversely, The Help has a straight A, like not even an A minus, just straight A. That means love, love, love that The Help, and mm-hmm. not liking Drive so much at all. So I think but it's yeah, uh, I think it's again, out of the best. That's only 340. You know, it's uh, I bet you I don't know how many people CinemaScore interviews, but. You know, they, they don't come close to 18,000. So if 18,000 people are saying that it's an 81%, you know, to me, that's... That's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's really hard for movies to even hit the 90s. I mean, The Help and Warrior were in, like, the low 90s. So for this to even get even, you know, within 10% of that is actually pretty impressive. I mean, you look at... I think Contagion has something like a 67% rating there, and that's holding mm-hmm. up really well in, mm-hmm. in its second weekend. So... Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit too much is made about this just because people that hate it are right now being a little bit louder and more obnoxious mm-hmm. than, than people that mm-hmm. don't hate it. So Interesting. That's okay. what it is. Okay. But, um, you know, elsewhere, uh, Straw Dogs landed with a thud. That, that opened to $5 million. That's done. Um, 
I thought that was supposed to do maybe eight, possibly. Wasn't that the projection or, or, or? Yeah, well, that's that's what we were thinking, and that's where most people were at on it. But um, it's kind of Lion King came along and just <laughs> totally wreaked havoc on the top ten. I mean, that. Oh no! That come opened... on, Lion Lion King is not going to affect the viewing habits of someone who might be inclined to see something like Straw Dogs. I mean, that's no, a... you'd be surprised because think think about who's going to see Lion King. It's it's adults who probably have kids. So if their kids are that passionate about going to see Lion King, it becomes, okay, you know, we're taking the kids to see Lion King this weekend. We'll we'll catch up with um, Straw Dogs some other weekend. That's mm-hmm. you you wouldn't think there'd be a, a ripple effect there, but there absolutely is. Um, and I think Lion King also it, it hit twenty twenty nine point three million. For it to do that, it absolutely hit plenty of twenty somethings with who are nostalgic about the movie, and then. You know, instead of, you know, as weird as it sounds, a bunch of 20-somethings probably made the decision to see Lion King 3D over Drive and, and Straw Dogs. It, it had to have been the case. Um, oh, you, you know, know, when I saw Straw Dogs, I saw it with the, uh, uh, the Fincher, the eight minutes of dragon tattoo in front of it. And, um, man, that crowd kind of went nuts for the Straw Dogs. <laughs> I was surprised. Like they liked it more than they liked the eight minutes of Fincher, but that's because they didn't. They didn't seem like the right crowd for the Fincher. Like they're not. They were like just people off the street kind of thing. Where did you happen to see that? If I if I may ask. Where? I thought that was an invitational thing in Toronto. Was it a uh, commonly uh, available to any any? Was it a regular commercial I think, screening? Yeah, I think the screening was one of those like L.A. Weekly. You know, go see this free screening. Call this number kind of thing. Because okay. there were all these people lined up to see it, and they had to, you know, or or maybe it was one of those where they walk around a mall and they say, "Come to a free screening," and they give them a, you know, have you ever had those? I used to get them way back when mm-hmm. in the eighties. I don't know if they're still doing that now, but um, they just say, you know, they go to a movie theater and they say, "Hey, you want to see a free screening?" and they give you a flyer and you call the number and you show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then people like me, they the studio invited to see the Fincher thing. So that's why we were there. And they had like a little VIP section roped off and it was like me and Slash Film Guy and Peter, sorry, my friend Peter from Slash Film was there and a couple other people, Cinema Blend. I, I know mm-hmm. uh, Jenna Mata was there. I saw her. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That sort of thing. So like they made sure that the bloggers were there to see it. Mm-hmm. But my, my feeling was, despite my own reaction to it, which I thought it was phenomenal, uh-huh. Um, I didn't feel that the crowd really kind of got what they were looking at and what they were seeing, and they weren't that excited. They didn't hoot and howl, you know. Yeah. Um, but they weren't the right crowd for it. So, 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 um, why do you uh, believe that? Why did you believe that it was going to do eight straw dogs? And why do you think it went below that? You obviously have good indicators that tell you what's going what's to happen. So, what do you think happened, Phil? Well, I mean, the, the market's been pretty ripe for just movies aimed at adults recently. So we were, we, you know, we're, we're less gun shy now when it comes to that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we were giving it a little bit of a, you know, benefit of the doubt. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it just fell flat. There, there's nothing to it. I mean, I, you know, it, it comes down to probably that James Marsden just isn't a draw. Um, and that's it. I mean, they, they probably got a little bit of a bump from Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, my he's God. white hot right now because of uh, True Blood. Dude, but, man. Woof. Yeah. 
<laughs> and Sasha's <laughs> crushing on him over here. Holy um, cow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it just, yeah, it happens. I mean, it, it just fell flat. There's, and another thing you can also point to, I think, is that Contagion held up really well. Um, heading into the weekend, we thought it was going to do about, like, 13, 13 and a half, and it did 14 and a half. Um, so, you know, that, that chipped away, obviously, a bit at, at Straw Dogs, because, again, it's, it's something that's adult skewing. Um, so, yeah, it's just a bunch of different factors, and then all of a sudden you go from eight to five, you know? Was Contagion in as many theaters as um, Straw Dogs or slightly more? What was the theater count? Oh, so, yeah, it's much more, actually. I mean, it's almost, uh, it's, it's more than 800 more. Uh, Contagion's in 3,200. Strogs oh, okay. is in 2400. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a bigger uh, footprint. And, and Contagion's benefiting from the fact that you know CNNs and you know uh, all the other news outlets are doing these um, news pieces now on the science of it. You know, can this really happen? Everything like that. So it's it's really staying in um, now. It's you know it's minds. It's always the, it's like the sign of the times, sign of our our conversation, the sign of what we talk about is that you're talking about how it underperformed, and you don't even mention, I mean, not even in passing, that it was uh, indifferently. Well, some people were very... Roger Ebert actually said it was a better uh, film than the uh, Peckinpah, which I thought was a surprising thing. I don't think it's a better film, but I think it's a distinctive film, and that it is, you know, it warrants a certain respect on its own. Um, it's not a, you know, like, uh, it's not any good because it's not as good as Sam. It's okay. It's got its own way of being good. Uh, but it um, didn't, uh, I think it got about a 40-something uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Does that mean anything to anybody, or is that just... That's terrible. Small? Yeah. It does. I mean, for, again, going by, I hate to sound like yeah. a broken record here, but for, uh, you know, again, a movie that skews older, um, yeah. the reviews absolutely do matter. So for, for it to get, you know, panned like that, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, a couple people look at... And, you know, looking at that, you could say, okay, well, if... If two adults are looking to go to see something this weekend and they're, it's down between, you know, Drive and Straw Dogs and they go to right. Rotten Tomatoes, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, <laughs> the choice becomes really clear, you know, because Drive's yeah. looking at 93%. Well, they're advertising um, Straw Dogs all wrong, man. You got the, I mean, it totally confuses you while you're watching it because here's gorgeous, what's her name? Totally beautiful, like running barefoot in a tank top with no bra. <laughs> <laughs> coming back to her house well um Skarsgård is like on the roof with his biceps glistening in the sun <laughs> she shows herself to him <clears throat> i mean it's confusing because then their sex is violent you know but man it looks like it's getting ready to be a great softcore porn movie <laughs> you're just thinking can i just watch those two for a while <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. So it yeah. is confusing. It sets you off because as a woman, you're sitting there going, oh, my God, look at that guy, you know. And he's nothing. Com I mean, and, and the other guy can't compare to him at all. He's a total wimp, you know. Mm -hmm. I know he's supposed to be a wimp, and, and that's the whole point of the movie. And, you know, when he turns and he becomes violent, um, mm -hmm. everybody in the uh, theater cheered, a lot mm -hmm. of them. I mean, they were, like, laughing and cheering and reacting and shocked at the end scene and... You know, they were with the movie. They were having a good time with it. That's why I'm surprised yeah. it's not going to be, it's not making so much money because it's a fun, weird, messy, bizarre movie, but it gives you a lot of bang for your buck. I just think the slippery slope is the whole rape violence part of it, you know? You think that just kept 
as they expected all along, uh, younger or most women in general away, right? Probably. I think that it messes with your head if you're a woman and you're sitting there lusting after this guy, man. Yeah. I mean, oh no, Phil left. No, no, I'm I'm still here, but I, I do have to bolt okay. um, soon. Do you okay. do you want to talk Moneyball quick? Um, so, yeah. You know, do a little preview. What do you see it uh, doing next week, uh, Phil? Um, we're saying right now the number we're at is uh, 18 million opening, mm-hmm. um, which is is pretty solid. But we're we're giving it more credit on the staying power, and we're saying you know it'll hang on and do 62 million. Um, and oh. especially if all this Oscar talk is you know as valid as it sounds. Um, you know, it's, it's going to hang around. It, it definitely so you, will. You, in other words, you think that 62 is a likely end figure for Moneyball because sports, you're basing it partly, I presume, on track records of previous sports or baseball films? No, just uh, it, we're giving it legs because it's an Oscar contender. You have to look at it, um, you know, the same way we just put out our prediction for, you know, Jay Edgar. You have to say, okay, it, it's going to open relatively soft. It's not going to be a blockbuster opening. Um, but it's going to hang around, you know, same way social network, you know, anything. You can point to so many movies that were Oscar contenders, The Fighter, mm. Black Swan, everything. They don't make a killing the, the opening weekend, and then their legs are, you know, phenomenal. So that's, that's what we're kind of counting it, on here. Social network almost made it um, to 100, as I recall, right? Yeah, it was just, I think it fell just shy of it. Yeah, it was like 99 points. Yeah. So yeah. wouldn't a movie that's kind of seen as the social network of sports movies or baseball movies, which has, as opposed to, uh, you know, um, um, Jesse Eisenberg, who is a fascinating, love the guy myself, but, you know, some people saw him, saw him as a little little chilly, a little dweeby, a little antisocial, a little, you know, not as uh, charismatic a lead as you could have. Sure. They've got a hugely charismatic lead in Brad Pitt. It's mm. one of the best thing. Why wouldn't this at least do what the Social Network did? Why would you it say? It could. So? I mean, it could. I mean, we're we're conservative right now. Predicting legs is a very, you know, difficult thing to do. Right now, we're just saying, okay, give it give it more credit than the typical movie. But yeah, I could see it easily hitting, you know, like seventy, eighty million if it if it really catches on. Um, yeah. But I do think it has a, a. It's going after a different audience than Social Network. Do you think that it's going to get all the sports guys? I hope I'm not repeating myself. Um, I mean, I'm not asking a question you already answered, but do you think it's going to be like the blind side? It's going to get the sports crowd in there too? Uh, not not nearly in that way. I mean, yeah. you know, it's we're not looking at a what was blind side was like a $200 million hit. You know, it's not going to hit hit like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen it yet. Jeff, I mean, do you think it's almost too brainy for the, the your typical like, you know, you know, mouth-breathing sports. Fan. It is not a. It's not so crazy to point up because if they, if you really be in, it's really about um, uh, the the, uh, the the joy, the fun of, of trying so, uh, something a different way, and and having the the you know the frustration that always comes from that, the pushback from the traditionalists that always will uh, dislike and be, be acutely uncomfortable at, at uh, things being done differently within their industry, possibly losing money, not being part of the new money stream. So you know, it's it's fascinating. It's not just a stats <clears throat> film. It's about. Um, and it's you know it's a it's a personal thing. I think there's a lot more going on than just uh, you know a kind of a inside baseball story. So okay, mm-hmm. I mean yeah, f- fair enough. That's that's a pretty you know strong endorsement. I mean, but you also have to look too that you know this time of the year it's um, you know Oscar movies go through the same thing that you know blockbusters go through where it's 
you know, you open, you have all this Oscar buzz, and then the next weekend you have to compete with something else that has a ton of Oscar buzz, or or is just kind of viewed as you know a prestige kind of movie. So, and that that's kind of the same. It this won't have to deal with that as much, but it, it has two movies that'll chip away at it in fifty fifty and Ice of March in, in the weeks after it. So, what do you think fifty fifty is gonna do? Uh, uh, we're, we're saying fourteen opening. Um, yeah, so. Oh god, but it's a cancer does. movie. Doesn't that mean it's gonna just totally bomb out? <laughs> Isn't that mm. what people don't want to see? They don't want to know. Isn't that? No, I mean, there, there's plenty of no. I mean, cancer. I, everybody looks at cancer movies and they say, "Well, oh, that's box office poison." You know, look right. at your history. Terms of Endearment, Stepmom. You know, if you hit a kind of, and it doesn't even have to be a weepy. I mean, if you you can deal with cancer and hit the right notes. And and people will respond to it. So mm. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count fifty fifty out. This of this movie really does hit the right notes. I mean, it's a, uh, it's um, at no point does it make you feel. Uh, maybe I could maybe slip out and not see all of this. It's it's a completely involving, uh, uh, and 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 winning film. You know, I mean, there, there's uh, there's so much that's uh, calibrated just right. I was really impressed by this thing. You haven't seen it yet, uh, Sasha. No, I haven't. I have a, a screening invite to it. I'm going to go see it. I am. It's just uh, I haven't yet. Isn't it opening on the 23rd with Moneyball? No, that's the 30th. Yeah, so it's the weekend after it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, okay. Yeah. And then well, I'd I, be astonished if you didn't really like it, Sasha. I, I, I'd be, you know, I, uh, I, I no, think it's up to rally. I bet I will. I bet I'll love it. I mean, I'm such an easy sell if it makes me cry. Jesus, you know? <laughs> I and, saw. Uh, and Anna Kendrick, I think it's the best thing she's ever done. On she's a, has a secondary role, but it's people were saying, "Oh, she's really good in um, Up in the Air." Well, you know, I, I I don't know that she was that great. She was nice. I, I liked her, but but this is a really good role for her. She was kind of one note in Up in the Air. Yeah. yeah so. And I think it was a mistake that for that uh, Jason Jason Reitman, by the way, uh, gave me a slight cold shoulder thing, and nothing to nothing to get. He's a prick. Uh, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why people are saying young adult, young adult. No, they're not gonna touch it with a ten foot pole. You know that. Uh... Oh, Phil, you gotta go. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head out. But uh, oh. thanks again for having me, guys. Well, and, nice uh, talking to you, Phil. Always yeah, nice. Talk. All right, talk to you next week. You will, Phil. Take care. Right, bye. Hey, can I ask you uh, something, Sasha? I just mm. wrote this thing. It just came out very quickly. Uh, I was just thinking that I let's are you there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm here. That, that if I were um, uh, so moved to become part of HitFix. Oh dear, here we go. Well, can you at least give the intro before you start talking about it? That what okay, we're well, talking. Well, yeah, about? I'm going to say you know our, our friend Chris Tapley, who's uh, who does a uh, a show just like this with Ann Thompson uh, called Oscar Talk, and of course we know him from years and years. He's one of the leading uh, columnists. Um, in the particularly in the award season, uh, in contention, which has been running for like I don't know what six, seven years, something like that, uh, five, six years, and he is going to be part of the Hit Fix family. He's mm-hmm. going to be one of the one of three columnists now, along with Drew McQueenie, who is the superb uh, critic and um, an awards campaign, which is written by uh, written by Greg Elwood. So, uh, but I was just thinking, if I were coming over, and you know, I mean, Chris, as you and I can uniquely appreciate, the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into creating a site that works and has a following and the whole thing, I would, I would want to have a little 
a little attention paid to me if I was moving over and like you know being part of a family. He's going to do very well, I'm sure, uh, financially, and the traffic will probably boost up from HitFix. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything on that page that says he's coming. Nothing. There's, I mean, he's as of Tuesday, he will be, according to a recent post, that'll be the day when he's going to be up and running. Mm-hmm. I would want to have a, a, a permanent link. Chris Tapley in contention, click here. You know, no question about what they have right now for, as they have had forever for, for Drew and Greg uh, Elwood, is you have to click on the drop-down and get movies, and then you see the names of the columns. But they don't say the names. They say uh, motion... Ca- what, what's the name of... Um, of, of um, see, this is indicative of what I'm talking about, of, um, of, of Drew's thing. It's called motion capture or motion... Um, poetry in motion or motion something. Oh, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna go hit fix right now and see what's going on. Um, what you're talking and, about. And they don't. And when you go to, you have to know that Greg Elwood's column is called awards. Yeah, awards. Uh, awards. Campaign. Oh, what's it called? Awards campaign. That's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so here's hit fix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're bringing over Chris because. Um, Greg apparently is too is bit too busy trying to run the site to be able to, um, uh, you know, do the award stuff. And, the, and you know what they want? They want the big, the Oscar money. You know, everybody wants that. So yeah, of course. So do you think then that Greg's no longer going to going to write awards campaign? I don't think so. No. Well, according to Chris, he'll do a little bit. You know, um, he'll keep his hand in, but not as vigorously because this frees him up to some extent, right? Is that the yeah, idea? It, yeah, it frees them up. I mean, it looks like they're already doing well with, with awards. They've got an ad for 50-50. They've got an ad for Ides of March. So it looks like they're, um, you know, yeah. they're already working it hard. And now if they get Chris, they're going to take... See, these guys, these big sites, they want to take out the little sites because the little sites like Chris and me and you take a huge portion, not even a huge portion, maybe a small portion of um, the awards. The pot. The yeah. pot, the money, because these people want to advertise on our sites. So mm-hmm. um, they, you know, now this, this, they don't, HitFix isn't going to have to compete anymore with Chris because now Chris is coming aboard. And, you know, I guess the deal is, is that he had to at least make what he was making before at the very least, but maybe right. make more too. And yeah. from Chris's perspective, he doesn't have to now worry about, um, Selling his own ads, yeah. Yeah, and running his site if his site crashes or this and that. I mean, God, it's such a huge, as you know, it's such a huge. Uh, oh, he's, it looks like he's also got an ad for Moneyball here. So there's yeah, your... I'm, I've actually landed that. I'm, I'm getting those later uh, this week. But those guys are pretty vigorous. They're pretty vigorous. Yeah, they are. They've got a whole thing. I mean, they've got a whole, uh, you know, staff, which is amazing yeah. and a miracle that that. I mean, I'm like probably the only one in the in the whole scene that does it myself now. You know, you've even got someone doing it for you. So maybe I need to up my game and hire someone. I don't know. Um, but uh, you look, you if you can uh, be focused with your yoga, I'm sure telling you that that's the only way to live a life is to have it compartmentalized and focused. And and if you can do that, there's certainly no reason why you have to have somebody. You certainly know the game. As, as well as any advertising person. Uh, so, you know, I think you're doing pretty well. Well, I like doing it myself only because I like working with 
you know, I like being able to take on little studios and I like having the relationship with them and talking to them and knowing where they're headed. And I mean, to me, it feels like I'm organically involved in the process if I, if I'm handling it myself, but that's maybe it's just me being stupid and naive. I don't know. I mean, I'm not hurting. I'm doing fine. So I'm not, I don't feel like I need to change particularly, but Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be Hollywood elsewhere. Put it that way. <laughs> I'm never going to be as successful as you are, Jeff. You're a year, but Chris did tell me that he's now going to be more, more um, that in contention is going to have more of a year-round presence than it had before. Uh-huh. So he he might be making money year-round instead of just at Oscar time, which would be great okay. for him. You know, he's about to oh, get married fine. and he's got to start getting serious. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, also I I I really despise the uh, have long despised. The uh, the orange and blue color of uh, hit fix it's always bothered me. I don't like orange as a matter of uh, lifelong con- conviction. Uh, it gives me a creepy feeling when I see orange, uh, and I just uh, don't think it's it's very appealing um, uh, design wise. No. Which is is just a suggestion in, in a roundabout way that they should. I would I would redesign it. I would have something other than what I'm looking at here. It's just not that cool for me. I don't like their design either, but what I like about Chris coming aboard is that um, uh, mm-hmm. Greg's coverage is like Variety's coverage. And I think Chris is going to bring a little more of an edge and a little more real analysis to, I mean, obviously, as your readers often point out, awards analysis is a silly thing to say, but yeah. he'll, yeah. you know, he'll bring some more kind of intelligent discussion i think to hit fix which is makes it a great pairing i don't ever go to the site the only time i ever do is to read drew's stuff yeah that's what exactly what i do i read uh, read Drew. that's that's pretty yeah. much it because yeah. it's it's a big messy site and i can't i can't hack all the links coming at me and stuff all the time you know i like i like it to just be simple a, a website to be simple here you know like the new york times website i think is brilliant here's the stuff you want to read so mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah um Oh my God! The Island President just won the Audience Award um, for documentary. That's so great. Oh, that's that's really good on your part because you were calling that early in the um, during Telluride. So that's that's, oh, that's a great exciting. movie. Well, and also for Bitter Seas, which is another good one. Oh, I bet that guy's so happy about that. Yeah, that's really good. So now you can run the picture of him finally. Good idea, because I've had that, and I've been saying to myself, I need something, because I haven't seen it still. I still miss I missed it again in Toronto. Which, uh, mm. No excuse for that. But I, oh, uh, you should now, see it. Go. You'll really like it. It's a really good movie. Very entertaining. I mean, it, it plays like a thriller, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, gosh, yeah. it's been a while. So we missed a week of Oscar poker. So in the meantime, you've gone all the way to the Toronto Film Festival. So you're yeah. telling me the only thing you want to talk about from Toronto is uh, Moneyball? There's nothing else? No, I did a, a, um, a thing. I could review what I felt was the highlight of things. I mean, uh, I, I, um, it was um, <clears throat> uh, the, the, the big the happiness uh, that came to me in a, in a really uh, big rush, and I'm looking forward to seeing this again, is Miss Bala. That was a real uh, knockout for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was as good as it is. And it's a total uh, uh, bow down to the Mexican director whom I met in Toronto. Um, and his name is uh, Gerardo Naranjo, N-A-R-A-N-J-O. And um, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's very, uh, very little in the way of cutting. Mm-hmm. It's, got, it's a great uh, uh, thriller and kind of a suspense action film. 
about a, a woman who is kind of, um, you know, in a way kidnapped and being terrorized by by uh, Mexican drug gangsters, and she gets caught up in this in the in the game of their uh, various killings and and uh, and the way they you know getting money from other other gangs, and they're it's just a whole horrific gangster action. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's kind of inspired by a true uh, a true incident that happened in a beauty contest, and it's it's really exceptional, and and it's going to be probably. Recognized by um, an infinitesimal fraction of the U.S. movie audience because they're not really releasing it mm-hmm. in a in a big way. They're they're kind of marginally releasing it. Yeah. I mean, uh, David Dinnerstein, who's an excellent marketer from used to be with Paramount Classics, has been hired by Fox International to put this out there and try and do what they can to generate, uh, you know, a marginal or at least a decent theatrical. Yeah. Well, sounds good. So that's it then, those two. It seems to me like Toronto's been so muted this year. I don't know if that's because I went to Telluride and I saw that anything that was going to get a bump in Toronto already got a bump in Telluride. But it just seemed like a total non-starter. Well, I don't think that um, when you discover things that you feel really have uh, have, have, have a certain electricity, that's not a non-starter element. That's a... uh, you know, I mean, I, I I didn't love, but I was very impressed in many respects by Sarah Polly's feature, Take This Waltz, the Winnie, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the the Michelle um, Williams thing uh, yeah. with, uh, yeah. I meant to say with Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen. Why do I associate Drew McQueenie and Seth Rogen? <laughs> I'm trying to say Seth Rogen and Drew McQueenie came out. I don't know what that is. Similar age or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. Okay. Cadillac's People's Choice Award goes to Where Do We Go Now? First runner-up, a second render, um, a second, okay. a separation, your favorite movie. So I guess the artist did not win. A separation was the winner of the Cadillac Awards, and Where Do We Go Now is the runner-up. I'm, I, I think this is the big one. Cadillac People's Choice Award. Where do we go now? First runner-up, a second runner, a separation. Second oh, runner-up, Starbuck. Okay. I think that's the big award. Okay. Yeah, that's everybody thought the artist was going to win, but it didn't. Yeah. Where do we go now? What is that movie? Have you? Did you see it? <laughs> did I not see it? I honestly did not have a single conversation during the entire film festival in which someone even said, you know, I saw this and it was not half bad or... Jeff, I have heard you should probably say nothing, not mm. a, not a thing, and I'm and I also listened very carefully to Chris and Anne's, uh, you know, chat uh, on Oscar talk about it. They didn't touch it, so you know, it's uh, I, I. Is it a Canadian it. movie or what? What's the deal with it? Where do we go now? Because that's a well, big shock. I mean, that to me just pretty much selects out. Um, Toronto for being any way in any way a player in this year's awards race. <laughs> That's it. It's done. You know. Have you looked up for it? Have you looked up for this time? I have not. I haven't clue one. I really don't. I. I the the, the title vaguely uh, rang a bell. Um, I, it's where do we go now? It's a group of Lebanese women try to ease religious tensions between Christians and Muslims in their village. Okay. And it's directed by Nadine Labaki, which is a woman, I guess. Okay. Uh, so that's interesting. So I wonder if it's going to be any sort of have any play in the uh, 
in the in the foreign language race. I guess it will if it gets selected, right? Yeah. But it says it's from France, and that means that no, because France has already chosen their submission. So. But is it? It's it is set in a um, in, in Lebanon or some um, one of the Middle Eastern countries over there, right? Lebanon? No. Yeah, no, but it says it's from Toronto, but that's pretty wild, you know. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, that's that's really, it's not wild, but it's just, you you, yeah. you know, you kind of expect there to be some sort of Oscar play, but no, yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. Just shit can it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit can Toronto, it's done. <laughs> Stick a fork in it. <laughs> Do you think that the Cadillac Award was saying, uh, are we sure, I'm not looking at the same page that you are, but this is not a... Uh, foreign language category no. in the Cadillac. The audience it's, award at Toronto is called the People's Choice Award. So this is it. This is the golden top of the. Pretty climate. sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I don't. Uh, I, I rarely feel completely tongue-tied, but I don't know what to say. <laughs> Just can't uh, think of a thing, you know. Uh, I know it's really bizarre, isn't it? I mean, but, but when that happens, it happens sometimes. You know, it ha- does happen with Toronto, where a total non-starter wins. And I know yeah. people are going to say, "Oh, it's so insulting. How can you be talking about it that way? You know, how can you say that? It's a good movie, you know." But the truth is, is a non-starter is a non-starter. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> a movie like this, it doesn't. It's not going to be nominated for a foreign language. It's not going to be nominated for anything at the Oscars. God, I mean, you know, to them, Social Network is a difficult movie. You know, is a is a artsy fartsy outsider movie. So forget it. Uh-huh. You know, but it's good for them. You know what the hell? Yeah, it's nice that they're stepping outside the box and they're showing that they're not total Oscar suck ups like they have been in the past. But it looks like that all eyes are on to, on on Telluride now because Telluride's becoming the big Oscar positioning festival, I would say. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and has say. for the last few years. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the place to be if you're an Oscar person. You got to make sure you get to Telluride. I finally, by the way, I am going to have an opportunity to see Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy tomorrow. They're going to show it um, uh, uh, at a select screening at the Magno Room uh, on 6th Avenue and 55th Street. Shit. Uh, oh, my I God. I totally had an invite to that. I think I might have totally spaced out. Crap. Okay. Let me make sure. Yikes. All right, so when are you going? You're in New York right now, right? Yes, I'm I mean, going to be here until October 8th, and I know that uh, that Karen James, formerly of the New York Times, who was one of the contributors to IndieWire, says that she is seeing it a little bit later than myself, uh, I think maybe a week or so later. So if they're showing it twice here, surely they're showing it more than once in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm seeing it Monday at 1 p.m. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, that, exactly the same deal. Exactly the same deal. That's good. Okay. Oh, good. Cause so it's looking like uh, Gary Oldman's going to be really strong in the Best Actor race. I can't imagine him not being. He's he sounds if you if you have the ability to um, uh, to really get enjoyment out of out of a quiet minimalist you know performance that's not flamboyant. In the same way, obviously, if you enjoy Glenn Close in um, Albert Nobbs, it's the same type of acting. You know, less is more and all that. So. Hmm. Okay. What I understand, it's a very, very contained, very, you know, uh, under, uh, underperformed performance. And uh, he's way, 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 way overdue. So he, he sort of makes sense as the winner. What about poor Glenn Close and all of that? I got to tell you, I, um, I, I mentioned uh, this um, briefly 
there's nothing to say from Janet McTeer's part, but I, uh, I, I, I com- remain convinced of what you said, which is that this is almost entirely a, uh, a play for a woman who has been, who had a great run from the early 80s to the early 90s and um, uh, deserves, at the very least, to be one of the five amongst the best actresses because she's Glenn Close, because she's not just uh, performed a, a interesting, certainly different character, you know, a woman who's very, you know, buttoned down, repressed or suppressed because she's playing she's on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and it's, but it's about her, her history and about her legacy and about her being Glenn Close. So I, I don't see it not happening. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Mm. Why didn't say poor Glenn Close because the people are not jumping up and down about this particular performance. I don't think anybody's going to jump up and down, but they're going to say it's good enough for her to be a nominee, you know? Well, I got, I put up an, a, a post about Best Actress on my site and I got a huge amount of comments, like over a hundred. And, you know, so many of them were like, you know, she sucks, you know, just really mean stuff. Like that was a terrible performance. She's never going to win for that, you know. And um, they thought that her performance in Albert Knobs was really terrible. They said they actually said the word terrible. Some of them did, yeah. Wow. Okay. Some of them said the movie sucked. She was terrible in it. And the problem with her character is that you don't walk away from it particularly liking her. You know, you don't feel like you want to throw your arms around her and love her because there's something just no. so strange about it. You know. That's true. Yeah. But that's what I liked about it is how strange it is. It's odd. And the only reason I, I would think of her as a strong contender is because of her history. That's the only reason. But I think that um, Viola Davis has it in the bag anyway, so it's sort of a moot point. I um, certainly would have no argument with Viola Davis, but uh, there's only one small but very, very important uh, uh side issue if you want to call it that she's not giving a supporting uh, a lead performance she's giving a supporting performance she's one of a group of maids she happens to be the most memorable along with um, 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 uh, Olivia Spencer but she's not giving a lead I don't care what anybody says uh, and I guess that's not going to matter because she's going to go for it anyway and people but, love the movie so much and the thing yeah. is, is her character is so heroic I mean compare that to any of the other best actress nominees so far I mean the ones you think are going to get nominated mm-hmm. and you've got Tilda Swinton you know dark not so her- I mean heroic in her own way but and then you've got maybe Michelle Williams as Marilyn meh kind of heroic Glenn Close uh, you know yeah um and then I don't know who else you're talk about. Maybe Felicity Jones for that movie, which I'm not sure she's even going to get a nomination. Uh, and then you've got Viola Davis, who's like, you know, a heroic woman, <clears throat> an overdue actress in a movie that is about to make $200 million. I mean, she can't lose, man. She just yeah. can't. And the other thing about her is that I did a Google image search for her, and you should do this. Hang on a second. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And um, she, man, that woman is working the red carpet, and that's what you have to do to win an Oscar. That's what um, Helen Mirren did. Uh, Kate Winslet did it. Um, any of these actresses, if they need to dress up and they need to work it, and she's been doing that, man, with a total rockin' body. You know, she's got like the brick house going on. She's got, you know, tight satin red dresses and high heels, <laughs> and you know. You know, tits and ass or whatever. I mean, she's she's doing it right. She's doing everything right, and she is going to win. Mm. But then again, you know, who knows? So, 
I don't see anyone else unless there's like a Charlize Theron in monster kind of performance waiting in the wings. You know yeah. who's really good is um, Rooney Mara in um, Dragon Tattoo. She's got that kind of your jaw drops when you see her talk thing, you know. She's like the only actress that's going <clears> to <throat> qualify as totally transformed into like weird um, character outside of her comfort zone. You know, all the other actresses are pretty much, although Tilda Swinton sort of always goes there, you know. But most of them are sort of Viola Davis. It's right in her wheelhouse of performances that she does. She doesn't really step out so much. She's good, but she's always good, and she always plays the same kind of thing, you know. But um, Rooney Mara and Dragon Tattoo, wow. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the little bit of, that I saw of her, she's like, she's weird, she's dark, she's subversive, she's, she hits it, she nails it, you know. So there's nothing loosey-goosey about her performance. It's right on the money, just like Jesse Eisenberg was right on it, you know. So she's going to be a force, I think. Nobody else seems to agree with me on this, but I'm fine, you know, with there with my ass hanging out. I'm totally fine. That'd well, fine. Uh, so your belief, and I'm not questioning this, is that we can automatically or you are automatically discounting any chance of the... You know, um, of Meryl Streep's performance. Oh, and Meryl Streep, of course. But she, you take with a grain of salt. I mean, not a grain of salt. You, you, you. What's the word? Um, yeah, because you don't it's trust. It's a given. The, uh, it's a uh, given that she's going to be nominated. It's just a given. Yeah. But I think she needs to do the extra. Uh huh. Extra thing. She needs to be better than Sophie's Choice to win again because there's not really an incentive to give a woman who holds the record for nominations and has already won two Oscars another Oscar. There's uh-huh. just no incentive to go that extra mile. You know, she turns in one great performance after another, you know. Yeah. And But she has to do something like Sophie's Choice, I think, where she changes physically all through it, you know, and she starves herself for three days and, you know. So, um, but that's just my opinion. Now, of course, the Meryl Streep fans are all up in arms about it. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, you don't trust, and I don't trust, the... Director of uh, Iron Lady, uh, Felita Lloyd, because we we suspect that she's not experienced enough yeah, um, yeah, yeah. to carry a drama like this. Yeah, but um, maybe it'll be really well poised and just you know kind of drop in there just right. You know, it's um, I, I really kind of liked Love. Really, I really had a I, I chuckled loudly when I, when I saw that little clip of her when the, which came out what two months ago now. So um, I immediately had felt my spirits rise when I saw that. Yeah. Well, she's always good. I mean, she's yeah. completely a brilliant actress. She's even good in that River Wild where she plays a ra- uh, whitewater rafter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's 45 years old. You know, she worked out. She looks great. She's perfect in the part. She uh-huh. gives 100%, you know. But the problem is it's always the same. It's always steady and it's always right at the top. But it's never a little bit more than that, you know. Mm. Okay. Hmm. So I don't see her winning for Iron Lady, but I do see her getting nominated. And what I'm wondering is, is if it will be a Best Picture nominee uh, two. Will it carry it through? I don't think so. I was writing in our awards bloggers list the films that I think are <clears throat> are headed for Best Picture. <clears throat> you got sore throat? Are you working Emma, on one? Yeah, Emma and I are both sick right now. Oh, you have a sore throat. And uh, do you have anything else wrong? I just have, have a cold. Fever. No, I just have a cold. Okay. All right, so here's the movies. You ready? Yes. The Descendants, Midnight in Paris, The Artist, The Help, War Horse, 
Well, now we get to the ones nobody's seen, but we assume mm-hmm. if it all goes well. Warhorse, Extremely Loud, J. Edgar, and Dragon Tattoo. Those are the ones I have now for Best Picture. And maybe Moneyball. Yeah. If it if it hits like you say it's going to, you know. I. But I don't hear so many people raving about, although David Edelstein, you bring him up. He couldn't be farther off the mark for Oscar if you could find a critic that's more farther. And maybe Armand White is farther off. But Edelstein, he never likes the movies that get nominated. He's really an outsider in terms of his thinking. I like his writing and I like his reviews. I find them very useful and insightful, but he's pretty off the mark where it comes to Oscar. He's not mainstream enough. I'm already starting to feel indigestion. From a, the idea of a film as well, it's so just right down the plate. It just gets it so right, Moneyball. And to see, hear people saying that automatically we have to default to what we feel should or ought to be nominated because Spielberg doing emotionalism is automatically assumed to be, uh, you know, an Oscar caliber thing. And we all know what, Spiel, what Spielberg's emotionalism is like. We all know what he how he tends to ladle it out, and it's, it's never exceptional. It's been uh, fairly, um, fairly on the nose, yeah. uh, fairly unsurprising, uh, rather predictable. Uh, I'm not saying it's ineffective. He's always been a you know, visual director of the first order. He knows what he's doing. But I, I'm just kind of dispirited right away to hear that you know he's <laughs> automatically in there because he's Steven Spielberg and because he's worth you know whatever eighteen million dollar you know whatever his personal worth is and because people bow down to the provider of work and the you know the strong industry force they want to show obeisance before his uh, his power his mythology so naturally he becomes it's not, it's not Spielberg I mean it's not Spielberg it was Spielberg with Munich for sure everybody thought subject matter. You know, um, Spielberg. Are you saying that if Rod Lurie was, had directed War Horse, that people would be saying automatically? I think so, yeah. War Horse is the kind of thing that if it... He just doesn't have to fuck it up. Okay. I mean, it's such a good story. My friend, our friend, Jack, you know, he said uh-huh. that it was the best play he's ever seen. It won the Tony. I mean, I was watching the... Uh, the clips on YouTube of Warhorse on the stage, and I was almost crying, and I didn't even see the whole thing. So, huh? you know, it's just like it's a story that will sell itself if it's done right. And man, it can't lose if it's done right. And if he fucks it up, if he puts too high of a gloss on it, or if he does any kind of weird Spielberg thing or departs too like Ides of March, I think what it did was it they messed with the formula, they changed the story, they changed the play, and in so doing, I think they messed it up. But I haven't seen the movie, so I'm seeing it. I'm going to the premiere, actually, of, of um, that movie at the Academy. So I'll see how it plays. But um, You're going to the premiere of War Horse. Of Ides of March. I hope I get to oh, go to the premiere. I'd love to go Sorry. to the premiere of War Horse, but I, don't, I haven't been invited to that one yet. But I didn't even get invited to Moneyball, to tell you the truth. So that's strange, I think. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Spielberg is he just needs to let that story tell itself. And if he does, he'll, have, he'll be sitting with – it could be anybody directing it, and it would still be considered the front runner because of mm-hmm. how good the story is. So yeah. I hope it's as good. I hope the film lives up to it. I, you know, it's, you can never tell in an Oscar year if you're, if you're about to get the bottom heavy or the top heavy. A lot of times, like with, when it was Slumdog Millionaire – a lot of the movies that came out at the end of the year, the big Oscar movies, they tanked. And so then you have to start looking back to the earlier part of the year, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's possible that Moneyball could um, snowball and start to do really well, you know? 
And it's possible that the descendants could start to do really well if Warhorse, extremely loud, girls dragon tattoo, we bought a zoo. If all those movies fail to live up to the hype and the expectation, that's why it's so dangerous to be a front runner early on. Because they Did have you see to. The uh, trailer for I, We Bought a Zoo, the yeah. online trailer. I loved it, but I know a lot of people didn't. So, but because right away um, there was a pretty uh, adverse reaction to what they, I guess, saw. I, I thought it was a pretty engaging, uh, agreeable. Certainly, certainly didn't turn me off. But right away, I mean, I you you, you had to be aware that people came out uh, online as being like, oh, you know, they're they're really not in the mood for this, and they just they sense that kind of emotional calculation. Well, so. I, we, you also have to realize that the, the people who comment on our sites, both of us, they're snarky, jaded um, young people. Most of them <laughs> are snarky, jaded. This isn't their thing, you know. There's, there's, there's a bigger and bigger disconnect between those kind of people and, you know, the Oscar voters and the older, over 50s who vote on the Oscars. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know why people reacted that way. To me, I love Cameron Crowe. You know, I respond to him. I loved Almost Famous, and you know, he's he one of my. Uh, Elizabeth Town, though, right? No, didn't like that. But I liked Almost. I think when he hits it, he really can hit it. Um, so we'll just have to see. I'm not putting it in the Oscar. Just like with Girl with Dragon Tattoo, I'm not putting it in Oscar at all. I'm just thinking, great movie. Maybe it's a great movie. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, but the one to watch out for, I think, in terms of Best Picture, if all the other Oscar movies tank, is. The Descendants. That's the one to watch Why out for. Why does it have to be there if everything tanks? That's again. This is what gets me depressed when I hear this stuff. Because you're not looking at a Slumdog Millionaire year. It's better, ideally, to have a movie that opens. Everybody sees it. No Country for Old Men, for instance. Everybody saw it. It can. It's mm-hmm. a good movie. Solid. Nobody can take it down. No amount of buzz or hype can take it down. It delivers. So you, you start that. It, it builds. It's reliable. It's, it hits all the top ten lists. It starts to win a couple of critics' awards. People keep saying, oh, it's so good, but War Horse is out there. Oh, but Extremely Loud might win. Well, then you see that. Nope, doesn't live up to it. You see Extremely Loud. Nope, doesn't live up to it. Dragon Tattoo, not as good as Zodiac, you know. And mm-hmm. then all those movies fall off. All of its competition is knocked out. Then it can't lose. But if any of those movies do well, if any of them are, you know, Million Dollar Baby, which was a late opener and did really well, mm-hmm. took, took away all of Aviator's momentum, um, you, you need a late starter like that to knock out a movie that's doing really well in the early part. And right now, the movie that's doing the best, in my opinion, is The Descendants and or, and sure. or The Artist, both of those two yeah. movies. Right. So... Can't, couldn't have couldn't happen to a nicer film, a, a better film. I, I love The Descendants, and I was very, very would be very happy to see that uh, movie do as well as, as it could. So. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right, dude. Well. Gotta go to yoga, right? No, I miss my yoga, but that's okay. Oh. I, you know what? It was good that I missed it because I had to wait around for the Toronto Awards anyway. All right. So, um, but. Um, All right. So how well, how are things going? How was the. Uh, the fly back from Toronto and the settling into New York and all that. Jet, um, I don't know if he was feeling guilty about, it, but he had he and his roommate um, uh, and Sonia have a um, the most uncomfortable um, couch I've ever slept on in my life. It has a uh, <laughs> it's one of those, it has one of those kind of uh, heavy, rubbery, uh, not quite cushiony mattresses that sits on top. 
they have a it's a thin mattress, kind of a futon like, but kind of a hmm. synthetic futon thing. And there are these spokes and and pieces of metal that lie underneath it. And it's when you're lying there and you feel these metal shoots like shooting in your back. <laughs> oh my god! So what they did is they found somebody um, uh, who is. Um, uh, selling uh, their nice couch, and I guess you know the jet went to pick it up. And they had a, um, <clears throat> a costume party last night. Oh! And they like costume party. It doesn't matter what time of the year. And uh, mainly, everybody goes to the roof, and they have lights up there and everything. And then they, you know, wow. I didn't want to be part of a party that was basically going to be going until three in the morning or something. You know, twenty-three-year-old kids are not going to go home at you know midnight. That's just not the way you do it. So, um, uh, so Jody was gracious enough to uh, let me come up here and uh, and hang. We just went to dinner and everything. Um, <clears throat> I'm having a lot. And then there's uh, there's Joey on top of that. Joey the Joey the uh, kind of a uh, boxer dog, a uh, little bit of a boxer dog, a little bit of a of a, of a um, what's the other kind with the big jaw? You know, everybody's afraid of the, the guard dogs. Um, anyway, he's like I, I put a picture of him on the front uh, of the column. And that's a lot of fun. So it's basically. Oh, that's the dog, that cute little dog you put on there. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. so cute. Yeah. He's, he's in dog years. He's like maybe ten years old now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. Oh. Very hyper. Likes to uh, wrestle and you know, and all kinds of things. He's very oh. very responsive. Yeah, you know how a dog a jet went into a bank. Uh, Bank of America, and I was I was holding the dog, and uh, you know the uh, we were kind of in the Clinton Hill area, uh, which is south of where he lives, which is Bedford Stuyvesant, hmm. and uh, I wasn't holding the dog tightly on the leash. I was I gave him a little bit too much play, and a uh, couple of a uh, couple of uh, guys uh, walking by um, kind of like uh, gave me a dirty look and said out loud, you know, you better hold on to that dog, you know. Hmm. It's very much of an issue, you know. Watch out for, you know, don't let your dog in any way sniff around people's ankles in Brooklyn because I'll give you a funny look. And, mm. um, you know, if a dog comes up to me, I like to always pet it and everything. But No, I know. you got to watch out, though. Like, a dog went after my daughter the other day when we were walking down the street. He just started out of nowhere, just, like, charged and had to be pulled back for no reason. There was a, you know, the, the Hasidic guys, they have these big fur hats that they wear. And there was one guy um, who looked like he was straight out of the Cohen brothers, uh, you know, a simple, a simple man. Um, uh, and he, wait a minute, was that called a simple man or a single man? No, simple man. Oh, dear. Yeah, serious, man. serious man. Serious man. Uh, and he saw uh, Joey coming up as we were walking, and he literally like, locked his eyes on the dog, slowly walked backwards. And close the door slowly, oh keeping his eye on Joey the entire time. Joey's not a threatening dog. I Joey, oh, Joey's so cute. Yeah. You know, dogs are funny because they're little antidepressants. You know, when people start to figure that out, it's like the uh, um, the we went to this garage sale and this little tiny, teeny tiny little fuzzy dog. You know, one of those little dogs that people buy that are expensive or whatever it just uh-huh. saw us and it didn't even wait it just like put its ears back and it just ran all happy towards us and then like went on its and you pet that dog i mean that that makes you feel good right away you know sure yeah so did you ever see um mm-hmm. like crazy 
like crazy. I saw that in Sundance. And yes, what did you think of it? And I met the director again at a little gathering they had up in Toronto. And who's the director uh, again? Not coming to me. I'm sorry. He's a good director. I really liked the way that they told that story. I really liked the moving forward without explaining stuff that they did. You know? Well, so once the visa issue gets in the way of the two of them being together, and it seems like a, uh, it's a very, very hot uh, kind of chemical current uh, relationship, they're quite in love with each other. It's quite powerful. Uh, but yeah. things things get in the way. Parents and 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 uh, and visa issues, and then the uh, and then of course Jennifer um, Lawrence uh, comes into the picture, and it all kind of like uh, dissipates. And I'm not sure how the ending is all that um, fulfilling for me anyway. But I but I love the first half, and I certainly thought. But the other thing that bothered me is that her parents. Uh, are I'm going to get bothered by this by the rest of my for the rest of my life. But her parents could not have possibly been her biological parents for the people they chose. <laughs> and this is something that you're going to see, Sasha, in, in in life. If you meet the parents of someone who's actually the daughter or the son, you're going to see that right away. But only in movies is there zero. Oh, I even, think that the girl looked like that that woman. Not for a second, not for a millisecond. <laughs> well, she, yeah, I, I was thinking actually that she did look surprisingly like her. But what about his parents? How come his parents weren't anywhere near them? Yeah, uh, that's a question. I don't, I don't understand uh, why. Uh, but usually, parents are, you know, when you have a serious relationship, and they, that's what's nice. You know, you really do feel the current. Uh, they really do care. They want to not just. You know, be sexual with each other. They want. They believe they've got something. Yeah, I know. It's so sweet. It's such a good movie. I mean, it's so good. It's so real. You know, like it. And what holds them together is the memory of that first summer, that first yeah. year together. That holds them so close. Yep. I mean, and Chris Tapley was saying on Twitter that he was annoyed with her and he didn't want them to get back together. And he, she annoyed him from the very beginning. And I think what he's thinking is she was manipulatively holding on to this guy who could have had a better life with someone sweet and kind and gorgeous like Jennifer Lawrence, and yet he's still tied to this one woman. We mm-hmm. know that that's a reality, don't we? We, as in our older years, we know that there are people to whom your uh, attachment is so intense that you can't forget them. You yeah, know? exactly. And I've been on the other side of it, too. I've been in love with someone who was already attached to someone who they would never not be attached to them anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And that hurts. So I've been the Jennifer Lawrence, well, not, I wish, but, you know, I've been in that position. Yeah, right. And that is what I thought of when I first saw it. I thought, God, you know, these people are doing a lot of damage to other people with their love, you know. Because yeah. they have no right to get into these relationships with other people if they're still that tied to each other. Also, I didn't get, if he loved her that much, why didn't he just move to London? I would think that would be, uh, if, he could, if he could find work, he was a good uh, uh, designer of, of chairs and everything. He had, a, he had a real future. I mean, he was good. So I don't see why you couldn't do that. So yeah, all the hemming and hawing of where they're going to do and being separated and crying and everything, and then all he had to do was move to London and it all would have been settled. Marry her, move to London, done. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, he didn't have some... I wasn't aware he had a, a, a beginnings of a, of a design business. 
Uh, does he believe there's? I, I wasn't. I didn't understand that there was some reason why he could not leave the, the states. I wasn't. I didn't see that explained. So. Well, yeah, because it seemed like both of them had really good jobs where they were. You know. Yeah. She would have given up her job to be with him, but he wasn't willing to give up his job to be with her. You which know? is a, uh, which you could file under a, a notion of a sort of a sexist uh, prejudice, I guess. Maybe, or or he just didn't love her enough. You know, he was yeah. he was bound to her for some reason, but God, to give up Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. for her, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Some. Um... She's um. Also, uh, very um, small, elfin, elfin. Uh, uh, I have something about women that are too small. I don't like them when they're too. Big. <laughs> well, didn't didn't uh, Chris say have an issue too? What, what was his issue with her? I, I don't know. He didn't say. He just said on Twitter that he didn't really like her character and that he didn't want them to be together. I thought uh, she was great. I mean, I'm not buying this whole she's going to get nominated for an Oscar thing though. I don't think it's a strong enough part. It's just no, not. She doesn't do what Carrie Mulligan did in an education. She's not. It's not that kind of performance, you know. I think you're right. But no. they're pushing it. So, and if Academy members, you know, the way they work is, if they want to have sex with the woman, they'll nominate her. So, if they want to have sex with her, she might get sure. in there. I don't know. I'm feeling like it's much more uh, competitive, and that in a in a weaker year, she might have a better chance. But mm-hmm. it also ends in a way I think that that leaves people wanting. And they're not quite going to go totally for it. And they're not going to like her that much because of what she does. And I don't know. It's an interesting movie, though. I liked it because it was like food for thought. You know, it really opens up a lot to, to think about and talk about with relationships and love, you know. Where did you uh, see it? In Los Angeles? or? I actually saw it at a screening in, in at the Arclight in Sherman Oaks. Um, do you know Murray Wiseman? I do, yeah. Yeah, he was he organized a screening um, not with, with me, but I got invited to it as you mm-hmm. got to see this movie. So here, here's one screening you can go to, or you can go to this other one. And after that screening, there was a lunch, a Chinese food lunch um, at PF Chang's, and I could have gone to that. But of course, you know me, if you hadn't been there to drag me, I wasn't going to go, so I didn't go to it. But the stars were there <clears throat> and everything. Oh, so, okay. but if you had been there, I would have gone with you. Yeah. Was this after the Toronto festival ended? This was yesterday. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So she's elfin. You mean you mean you see her? She's like a little tiny person. Yeah. But is she? Well, as- she looks very tiny in the film. I just don't see what the big thing was. I believed completely in the current that she felt for him and vice versa. I felt that was very, that was special. I could really feel that. But I didn't. Um, I didn't feel that much for her myself personally. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they I'd say to, like to hear Chris elaborate a bit upon his. Uh, I know I would too. I didn't get a chance to because you know on Twitter everything moves so fast. You know, and it's like two seconds later you're on to a new conversation. But I'd like to hear what he had to say too. And they, they everybody keeps saying, "Oh well, she won the the uh, the actress award at Sundance." Well, does that matter? No, it doesn't. Look at the kind of people that go to Sundance. Of course, they're going to vote for her for best actress. You know, mm-hmm. that's not the Oscars. It's a very very different situation. So right. okay. Anyway, right, let's let's wrap it up, and we'll right. uh, we'll talk about Moneyball next weekend. Yes, we will, and I hope I, I can't wait to see it. I'm excited about it. Okay. All right. Have a, have a good Sunday, and you uh, too. And nice to hear your voice as usual. So. Ah, same here. Okay. Okay. Be well. Say hello to and 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 hope everything's go, going. Well. I hope you go, you and your daughter have a great time with George Clooney. I hope you have your your uh, three or four minutes with him. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's very diplomatic. He he doesn't just talk to you for like two seconds. You get his attention. He's with yeah. you for like four or five minutes. Hmm. That's longer. good. Yeah. All right, dude. We'll take it easy. Have a good weekend. And all right, you too. Talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Oscar Podcast. Today's bumper music, Communication Breakdown by Led Zeppelin, and a live version of Romeo and Juliet with Morgan Offler and Emmy Lou Harris. Thanks for listening.
to talk, no, like they're talking on the TV. And I can't do a love song like the way it's meant to be. Can't do everything, but I'll do anything for you. I can't do anything except be in love with you. And all I do is miss you the way we used to be. All I do is keep the beat and rock and roll company. When all I do is kiss you through the bars of a rhyme. Julie, I do the stars with you, baby. Seven eight, laying everybody low with a love song that he made. He finds that street light, he steps out of the shade. He says, Something like you and me, babe. How about Yeah, so you and me, babe. 